Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with Dane of Dane's Craft Barbecue. And Dane, you have made a, a pretty good splash in the Fort Worth area in a, in a, I won't say a small amount of time, but as the area has grown, your your profile has grown and your barbecue is starting to really create some buzz in the area. And I know that there are some big plans for the future of what Dane's Craft Barbecue is going to be. Um, we're going to get into all that, but let's start Let's start at the early stages and and talk about what what were your early memories of barbecue or what were your early influences in barbecue? My whole dad's side of the family is from Fort Worth, so this is kind of somewhere where he learned to barbecue, you know, so he's, he's kind of grown up in Fort Worth, and so he's, he's Texan, and uh, we were actually, I was a military brat, so I, I traveled around the world a lot as, as a kid, so actually by the time I was 18, I lived more time outside of the U.S. than I did in the U.S., so um, mom was in the Air Force, we traveled a lot, but uh Texas was always like home base, you know, it was like where I came to visit my grandma. And so we would always have barbecue when we came back here. And I was always away from it for long periods of time. So I was always really craving it, you know. Uh, I know for my birthday, I used to always tell my dad, you know, I want you to make me a rack of ribs. That's what, that's all I want. You know, I remember being nine or 10 and saying, that's what I want for my birthday is like, I want a rack, you know, I want to make some, you to make some ribs. So, so that was always something that was there. And I, I know he made brisket on like a little offset smoker when, when we were kids and everything like that. And so, um, but we didn't always have the ability to, you know, we were, we were overseas a lot. And, uh, I do remember when I was about 13 or 14 coming back to Fort Worth and, uh, I had some money saved up and I was just, I had been in Japan for the past like two and a half years and uh, I, I came there to visit my dad and I just went to the local barbecue place and walked in there and uh, ordered like, yeah, like a full rack of ribs basically. Like I think that's how they were serving it. It was like I have a half full rack and I was just like full rack of ribs, you know, and so I always loved ribs as a kid and uh, so yeah, I just always, uh, it was always something I really enjoyed and then eventually found my way back to Fort Worth uh, once I graduated high school and I started going to college out here and then and then just kind of got into it from there you know so what really made you decide that you know you you really enjoyed cooking barbecue or you wanted to cook barbecue what was that that moment that kind of flipped a switch well so we were always like in an apartment basically when, when I was in college when I moved down here we were always like in an apartment so I n- never really had the ability uh, to cook barbecue, but we, we got a house, and so then I got a grill, you know, and then I, I figured out how to smoke on it, you know, and then I kind of, you know, I got on YouTube and started, you know, watching all the videos that y'all have probably all watched, and we've, we've all kind of checked out, you know, kind of got into those, those Malcolm Reed videos and how to barbecue right and all that stuff, and for a little while I was kind of into that competition stuff, and that, that, that's kind of something that was... I was into for the very beginning parts and this was about three and a half years ago is when I started cooking barbecue so um, just started on a little kettle from Walmart you know just setting up the coals on one side and then just would make a rack of ribs or something and then uh, got a Weber Smoky Mountain after doing some research I was like you know I think that'll be something good and then started cooking brisket on that and just kind of went from there and then I realized that Texas style barbecue is what I wanted to do you know and I wanted to do it all wood and then um, 
my fiance Ashley actually got me an offset cooker. It was probably like just like a hundred gallon, you know, maybe like a hundred gallon. Like one of the uh, like Oklahoma Joes or um, uh, it was a little. It was a custom one, so hmm. she had it built uh, from some guy that was local, and it. So it's basically it was a twenty four inch barrel that was forty six inches long, you know. So it's pretty good size pit. I could put four or five briskets on there if I really wanted to, and so. And that, that's kind of when it started taking off. And so I cooked for family and friends and parties and stuff like that um, for probably about a year, year and a half, something like that. And um, after that, just decided uh, I was going to start trying to sell it. I don't know, because it kind of uh, it got to the point where it was kind of an expensive hobby because, you know, I was like, I was cooking a brisket and then... I would have like half of it in the freezer and then <laughs> the next weekend would come and I'd just cook another brisket even though I had all this leftover just because I was like, you know, I had to make it better. And you know, Family's Ash- tired of eating all the yeah, leftovers. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Ashley's like, you you can keep cooking it, but you can't make it for no reason and <laughs> someone's got to eat it if you're going to cook it and we don't got the money for you to just spend it just to spend it. You know, you can't go buy a 60, 50, $60 brisket and then just <laughs> not feed anybody <laughs> with it, you know. Right. And so, so I just uh, was pretty inspired by uh, Bert out there in L.A. and uh, Bert Bachman. Yeah, and so Trudy's, uh, that's something I saw on Instagram and kind of was fascinated with that. And then Moose and just kind of got into that and kind of got the idea that I was going to try to start doing a little underground barbecue. So I think it's um, so interesting as we see, as we've interviewed people over the, the years now, with an S, I guess we could say that. Yeah. Um, but but how we've seen the change from this this newer generation. I mean, we had Leonard who kind of learned from the the Franklin videos, and that this is even an, another generation after that. Well, that's that's what's great, and and it shows the influence that Texas barbecue has had nationwide, worldwide now. L.A. people were influenced by Texas people, and then Texas people got influenced by the <laughs> L.A. people that were yeah. influenced by the Texas people, and it's just, I mean, it's it's pretty cool full circle thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and. I've talked about that to people before and it's weird because some of the people that have inspired me are people that you'd still look at as new to the, on the scene, you know, like, uh, Zavala's. Well, I mean, Bert just recently got his brick and mortar. Yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah. And Zavala's that's out there in Grand Prairie. They, they were a big influence for me because, um, actually right before I started my underground barbecue, I had been cooking for a while, probably been cooking on offset, uh, for about a year at that time and I got to where I was feeling like I knew what I was doing you know and uh I reached out to Joe because I saw that they were cooking awesome barbecue in my city you know and they were doing these pop-ups and everything like that and I was really in, into that and I just said hey man I'd love to help out if you ever need a hand if, you, if you're short on people or something you know I'd, I'd love to help you out and he messaged me right back and then he's like yeah we're cooking next Friday come on out and I was like Wow, I was just kind of blown away that he actually invited me to come, come cook with him. So, I like immediately took the day off work, and I, you know, set that up and went out there with Joe, and he was just as nice as could be, and it, it was so fun to meet his crew and all the people I met that I think it was December of 2017, and all the people I met that day are still by his side working at the restaurant with him, and it was just really cool to see everybody come around him and support him. And I learned a little bit that day and just left there kind of with a fire lit under my ass. He was always just so helpful. And Anything I ever needed, I'd be like, hey, Joe, like, I've got this going on. What, what should I do? Or why, why do you think this happened? And he always giving me advice. You know, if I 
had green wood and I needed to cook, um, he'd be like, hey, come get whatever you need. It was just really cool to see that and to be a part of it, you know. It was like, I was like, man, this is this is what I want to do and I love it and just kind of went for it. And I held a, a, I held a cell the last Saturday of every month after that. And then at some point in summer of 2018 we started moving to breweries and probably doing like two or three pop-ups a month just kind of hitting all the breweries in Fort Worth and just trying to get better and I'd work Monday through Friday at my my job and then Friday right when I got off at five it was rushing to the store (laughs) rushing home firing up the pit staying up all night serving and just yeah I just fell in love with it just the whole process of doing that and seeing people that are happy that took so much time to make something that they said was delicious and so it's just that's that's one of the things that we were we were naive to until we took a recent trip to dallas fort worth is we we didn't know a whole lot about the community and how the community interacted with one another and we we heard in, nothing in fort worth and dallas particularly uh, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we've heard nothing but great things about this person helped me and that person helped him and this person helped them and 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 it's it's really cool to to hear that you've got you had that support from the very early stages from mm-hmm. from Joe and Joe's had that support from other people in the community as well and yeah. it, like I said we, we knew about it in Houston because we're Houston based and we know that you know the, you know that there's a big community of people that are really a network that help each other out and it's it's nice to see that that, that that's going on everywhere yeah yeah absolutely um, someone that I'm sure you're familiar by with with now um, Trevor sales of bricks barbecue back then we kind of were around the same level as far as like our barbecue knowledge and just kind of where we were at with everything and he actually it got to the point where so many people were coming to the underground barbecue that I I couldn't feed enough people I'd be like selling out in 45 minutes or something and I'd just be almost embarrassed to ask people to come because I couldn't produce enough anymore you know and I I didn't want people driving from Dallas to come and then there there'd be nothing and me really not cook enough and cook like three or four briskets or something you know it was silly and uh, he had just built a 250 uh, 250 gallon pit and he's like, man, anytime you need it, if I'm not using it, it's, it's yours, you know. And so, so he let me use his 250, and that kind of up up my game and ability to produce. And then I think we collaborated on like one of our first pop-ups that was uh, not not at the house, and I collaborated with him, and we just kind of, you know, and we've kind of been working together ever since. And we make sausage together, and we're just re- really good friends. You know, anytime we need anything, he's there. I mean, I just can't say enough about Trevor. He's uh, He's been there for me for sure. So it's cool. One of the things that we noticed really early with when we would see your pop-up menus and things like that is most people, when they start doing the pop-ups, they have a very simplified, very basic menu. And, and completely understandably so when you're a one- or two-person operation. You mean don't do four different kinds of ribs? Yeah, don't do the stupid things that we've done <laughs> during pop-ups where, where, you, where you serve every protein you've ever thought of. But... That, that said, most people stick to a couple of basic sides, a few basic meats. You've had some pretty extensive menus at your pop-ups. Yeah. Has that been from day one, or does that, that kind of grow over time? It, it kind of grew over time. Um, initially, it was kind of brisket ribs, pulled pork, and maybe like some pork belly burn-ins and a couple sides for the underground bar- barbecue. But the last one we held at the house, I went really big with it, and I did, you know, half chickens, pork belly burn ends, ribs, you know, brisket, pulled pork, sausage, you know, the whole, the whole bit. And then we did like four or five sides. And, and so I, I kind of got to where I really liked to produce, 
you know, a restaurant style menu and, and bring that to the breweries. So when we started going to the breweries, it was just, you know, it we, wasn't we, just sandwiches, chopped beef sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. It wasn't just chopped beef sandwiches, you know, which is what, what a lot of people that, you know, go to that, you know, they're almost forced to do because it's, it's kind of difficult to, to manage all that. And with the health department and everything like that. And so, but, uh, no, I just, yeah, I like to cook about five or six meats sometimes and have about three or four sides and give people some a lot of options but that, that definitely makes it a lot more difficult a lot more <laughs> prep time a lot just more more to move more to do and so yeah it gets a little hectic but I, I like figuring out the timing and like I'm like all right well I'm gonna pull these risks off and then I can get all this stuff on now and so it, it's pretty cool but it does extend out the, uh, the time of the cook a lot of times because that, that usually means you're having to cook briskets and then you've got a second shift you know that's going on too and when when you're kind of a small operation it's it was just all me you know so but. so um you know let's let's it's time to talk sausage um, so this is the part of the show where we talk about sausage um, so so one of the things that when we we had your pop-up um you did the the berry gouda sausage black um, I'm sorry, uh, blueberry and gouda, smoked gouda sausage. Yeah. Um, really good, really good and really inventive sausage, but um, that people don't just pull that out of the hat. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got into sausage and um, how, you, how you're developing your recipes. Yeah, so that was kind of um, just something I really wanted to make, have that creative outlet to be able to do different things with sausage. And, you know, I kind of saw that if I learned how to make it, we kind of set ourselves apart and just not cooking what everybody else is cooking and getting from uh you know wherever or just the jalapeno cheese or whatever you know i kind of wanted to do different spins on it and so um me and my buddy trevor sales kind of went in on like he bought a grinder i bought a stuffer and we were just kind of like let's figure this out you know let's do it and uh did you use any any materials web videos or anything how did, um how did you... yeah well actually because it's I, an art i mean it's not something you can just throw some meat in a, in a casing and call it a day right yeah i did a little bit of searching on the internet but you get a lot of mixed stuff on sausage you know and so <laughs> it was like hard to really figure out but um so uh sean eagle at bet the house one day uh put out that he was gonna uh, do a sausage class because uh, he he made sausage in house when uh, bet the house there in Denton. So I was really broke at that time too, and you know I was like, hey man, and he was I, I don't remember what he was charging you know for a seat on the class, but I was like, man, I would really like to take the class, but honestly, I just don't have any money. <laughs> like, I and then he's like, no problem, you know, come out, and so he just like let me sit on on the class, and uh, and so that that kind of. It reaffirmed what I what I thought it, I needed to do, and just helped me get like a really good guideline of what I needed to do. And we just kind of got creative from there. And the first one we developed, me and uh, Trevor Sales of Bricks Barbecue, it was a triple cheddar pepper sausage. And we did like three different types of cheddar and two different types of jalapeno peppers in there. And uh, so that's one that everybody just really loved. And so it's it's kind of weird still because like we don't know who owns it really <laughs> it's like we both sold it at pop-ups and people are like i've had this before yeah you probably had it at my buddy you know trevor trevor's because we, we made it together and everything like that and so so it was it's kind of cool like i think we still both sell it <laughs> so yeah so and then just uh yeah and he had some cool ideas he made like a queso fundido sausage and he like so trevor came up with that idea to do a queso fundido sausage and 
so we developed that and that, that turned out really good and so yeah it's just been fun you know I, I i did another new one we called a funky town fuego so uh <laughs> fort worth's nickname is funky town and so we just kind of wanted to do like how a many nicknames kinda. do they have yeah they cow got... town panther city funky yeah. town we're the we're the town of <laughs> nicknames i guess if anything so but uh yeah, we just like just... calling you not dallas yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no we like that too yeah so <laughs> I don't care to go to Dallas all that often, but uh, it's just too many, too many cars, too many people. I, I like Fort Worth; it's a little slower and more relaxed for sure. So, so the pop-up started, you know, or you went from the underground to the pop-ups at breweries and things like that, yeah. and we're now at present day. There's a, a brick and mortar in the works. How did how did you get to that point to where brick and mortar became a possibility for you? Well, it was, you know, I've been building this brand over the past year and a half or so and it's just you know I had to make a decision on do I want to keep just halfway doing it or do, do I want to go all in and make this a restaurant and make it something real um, we got an opportunity uh, building came available and the owner of the building contacted me and said hey how serious are you about wanting to start a restaurant and we just got to talking about it and um, you know we ended up coming up with a deal then uh, for him to be a partner with me and so we're, we're not very I don't have a ton of money and so um, if I didn't have a partner it, it probably wouldn't uh, it probably wouldn't come to fruition anytime soon for sure so I was gonna say you kind of you kind of completely skipped over the the trailer period right you yeah went from, you went from yeah. these pop-ups to and it's a it's a very impressive restaurant I mean it's mm. it's a large it's a large space and I, I guess what what you're getting to is that it, it was the partner that was the one that was able to get you there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we we had an option to go into a place that we had been serving at. It was called Lola's Trailer Park. It's a uh, music venue slash bar, and they had a little storage container that they kind of can serve food out of, you know. And uh, we thought about leasing that out, but it was still going to be kind of you know kind of food truck life it was going to be kind of kind of rough and cramped, we, cramped kitchens and yeah, when you're doing we, things like sausage and everything else you need yeah. you kind of need a lot of room i mean it's it's always <laughs> tough i'm very impressed by people that are doing it out of a truck or out of a, a trailer because um you know with sides and the kitchen space and everything else and if you're mm. trying to do your sausage you really need some room to to get into in and out of everything yeah, yeah. absolutely and and keep everything clean and everything like that yeah um so yeah, it was kind of I had to decide if if I wanted to go big or just kind of stay modest uh, and and you know take my time. But it it kind of feels like right now it's like the train's rolling, especially in Fort Worth, and you kind of got to get on it, you know, because it's it's coming. Uh, barbecue's coming up in Fort Worth, and uh, I definitely you know wanted to get my foot in the door. So so yeah. what what type of pits are you cooking on, and what are what pits may be in the future if if there are going to be any more needed for the restaurant? Yeah, um, so I'm cooking on an El Cucaracho 500. Um, he's local in Fort Worth, so he started building pits right around the same time I started my underground barbecue. And uh, I know he sold to Zavala's, so uh, Joe has, I think, two of his pits. Um, they have a 500 and a 1,000, and I think I was one of his, like, fourth or fifth builds that he did. Um, love the cooker. Uh, it's great. We're probably not going to go with another one for the restaurant just because of time. We, we've got to get a pit 
built in two months right now and uh, that's pretty impossible at, at any <laughs> any large size pit yeah and so but we do have a a builder that I, I don't know if y'all are familiar with them but uh i know daniel vaughn did a little article on on them they're building pits out of forney high school yes yeah, yeah. yeah. um I it's called bison it. smokers yeah and they're basically you know it, it, it looks like a moberg you know <laughs> i yeah. mean I'll, I'll just say that you know it's, it's it looks like a really good product and i think and a, lo- think a lot of the propane pits kind of very look very similar and it's obviously a very efficient design. Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's a little difference in the smokestacks and and placement of the fireboxes or or the heat exchanger. Um, how, how was it going from the backyard pit to the 250 to the 500? I mean, what what did that change or what did it improve as far as your cooking methods and styles? Yeah. So a lot of people think like maybe when you get on a bigger pit, it's a little more difficult. But my experience is, you know, it just got easier. You know, it's like. Uh, it's easier to keep the quality where you want it because you're further away from your fire and um, if you're cooking on the right kind of pit that's got the airflow you need you can you can build that bark better and just you know uh, build a prettier looking product just be more efficient uh, the one that I have really holds temp really well I mean I I'd probably have to put wood on it maybe 45 minutes to an hour kind of kind of deal and it'll hold steady 250 275 um, that's not something i had going on on my original <laughs> offset it was man i had to on my original that 100 gallon pit i had to do this crazy stuff to make it it was kind of one of those that was built to have a fire that you just kind of smother down and close the oxygen off and then it'll just kind of sip on that for a while and that's not how i want to cook you know i want to have airflow going through there and so i figured out a way to where I had these different sized bricks that I would put in there because if I if I put a really good clean burning fire in there, it would get up to 300, I was 350, say it's too hard to keep degrees. a good fire unless you use like miniature sticks of wood. Yeah, right? exactly. And so I would have the door wide open, uh, but it was like a smaller door. And so I found out that I just needed to add more air. You know, sometimes people are like, you know, if it's getting too hot, you need to give it less air. But uh, I just gave it more air and diluted that air more. And so I had these different size bricks that I would put for the lid. So I would prop the actual lid of the firebox because it had a lid here and then a door on the other side. And I would just prop it up and it would it would burn at the right temperature and then it would start to fall and I would put a smaller brick in there and then it would keep that even temp and then I would take a brick out and then just let it suck <laughs> up, you know, off the door. And so I had to be out there like every 10 minutes, like messing with it, you know, to keep it at a consistent temperature. And, and consistency, I mean, as, as we've learned over, you know, we, we're still not there. We're still perfecting it. But consistency is so important, especially when you're cooking a brisket. You can't go up and down in temperature all night. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that, that kind of uh, messes with messes with it and there, there was some radiant heat that I was getting on that first offset that I had to it was just kind of it was a little too close to the fire and I had to have these tuning plates in there and all this stuff and so yeah it, it was nice to get on a pit that was designed to cook the way I wanted to co- it to cook you know and so um, Ashley got me that pit and I, I still love it sometimes she gets mad that I'm she's like you don't ever cook <laughs> on it anymore I'm like well yeah I've got this 500 gallon now <laughs> you know and it's just, i think we're gonna bring it up to the restaurant and have it out there and let people sign it or put stickers on mm-hmm. it and just be kind of like you know dane's first pit and it'll just kind of be something out there that people can you know, kind of look at and you know be inspired by maybe kind of 
from an insulation perspective, I would imagine the the original one was not insulated. Your your current ones are. And yeah, you no, the original fuel wasn't. fuel you know uh, fuel efficiency. I think is is yeah. You know, one of the things I, I don't know if people realize. I mean, these big pits. Um, I mean, if you're a thousand gallon pit, you're still burning quite a bit of wood, but it's nothing like burning wood in an uninsulated pit. Yeah, no, and El Cucarachos, those are fully insulated fireboxes. So he kind of does like a Franklin style pit. Uh, so it, it it the the stack and the collector is kind of more of the Franklin style instead of the Austin Smokeworks and Moberg kind of noodle yeah. thing. So um, fully insulated firebox, which I think that's more than maybe even Franklin does. I know he sometimes he says his are just semi insulated. Um, I know Dennis. I think does, he just uses an air gap. Yeah, um, and Dennis does the ceramic fiber insulation in the gap. No, I just I love it. You know, I can. It can be cooking for 12 hours, and I can just set my hand right on the top, and you know, no problems. So, keep your keep your coffee warm, but it won't burn your skin off. So, so let's talk about what people can expect to see on a Dane's barbecue menu once the restaurant opens. So, what I mean, obviously, I'm sure your menu's still in progress, and, yeah, and working all that out. But what are what are some of the staples you expect to have on the menu? So we're gonna do brisket. We're gonna do prime brisket, and unless we can find a a choice that we think is better than a prime uh, that we can get. Um, you know, sometimes you can get a higher quality choice than some of the lower grade primes. So it's just kind of, right now we're cooking with 1855 prime. Tomorrow I'm trying out a Creekstone Farms uh, upper two thirds choice. And I'm just, uh, so that's what we're gonna be serving here at Pints in the Park and uh, just. We, we, there's a lot of places using e- each of those as well. Yeah. And yeah. Very popular briskets. And so, and so I, you know, you know, we'll see what we like more. Um, I'm get just married to giving the best product out there and not, you know, if it, I, I wanna cook only prime, but it's, it's hard to get a good source of a good prime now. I don't know, it's become so popular that it's kind of, Especially in Dallas Fort Worth it seems like we're all kind of fighting to figure out who's got the who's got the hookup on the prime briskets I don't know well, or like prime what, what? And, and now even uh, Akaushi and and Wagyu is, is just ridiculous like yeah. how everything's shifting and there was and they're breeding more cows for prime but obviously the the, the demand is so high uh, are you cooking full spare st. Louis what are you gonna be cooking rib wise uh, full, full spare ribs yeah and we're doing the the bigger ones Thank too you. yes um, <laughs> we're doing Full spare ribs. I, uh, I've been cooking Compart Duroc ribs. It's one of our favorites. Uh, uh, I love them. They're super expensive, so we'll we'll, we'll see how how we can, you know, justify that at, at the restaurant. It, it's you know it's almost twice as much to be cooking. Right. And and it's tough and, because when you're doing spares, parts. you're you're you've got trimming that you have to try to do something with, mm-hmm. um, as as opposed to getting pre pre trimmed St. Louis ribs. But yeah. Um, personally, you know, I, I think Andrew will say the same. I mean, we just love that. I call it the knuckle meat, but we just we just love that that end piece. It's yeah, so fatty piece, and so yeah. tasty. Gosh, that, yeah. That's the best. Yeah, and so I, I don't see any sense cutting that <laughs> off. Yeah, I don't know. And it's just nice that, like, actually, at my last pop up, I had some of the these big compart Duroc ribs, and uh, someone was like, "Is that?" are those the beef ribs yeah or, or are, are those the dino beef ribs and i'm like they're huge no. some of I'm these like, are huge yeah I'm like our spare ribs are big too but no check out this <laughs> you know and I, I busted out one of the beef ribs and so um so yeah we're doing spare ribs turkey breast is something that i think we've been doing really well um people are blown away by the turkey because it exceeds their expectations i guess you know they're uh you know they're used to 
you know, their well, moms, used to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, yes, Thanksgiving uh, yes. turkey. You know, yes. you wait till the thing, the little <laughs> thermometer in there pops out when it hits 190 degrees <laughs> yes. in the breast, and then it's just and, and then like it's ruined, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so and yeah, that's we, what we, I was used to t- right, too. Right. Now, and, but, but well, it's yeah, the same thing with brisket in the other direction. I mean, you know, the brisket was traditionally pulled way lower, mm. tr- and turkey was traditionally pulled way higher, and and we won't say specific temperatures because of health laws. Um, but but definitely a, a good moist turkey that's done on a, at, a, at a barbecue restaurant is it's almost a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I think a lot of people order it and then they're just a lot, so I, a lot of the feedback I get is like, yeah, everything was great, but that turkey because mm-hmm. I think it, it just exceeded the expectations. Yeah, and so we're doing that. We're doing house-made sausage. Uh, we want to at least have two different types at all times. We want to get creative. Maybe have a staple and then. A, one that rotates uh pulled pork we're gonna do that so i think that's gonna be our standard is brisket ribs uh, sausage turkey breast and pulled pork and then we're gonna uh rotate a specialty meat almost every day i think so every day we'll do something different maybe be sliced pork belly or it'll be pork belly burn ends or beef ribs or half chickens or tri-tip or you know maybe just get creative, you know, and, and kind of, you know. Yeah, it helps break up the monotony for you and for the customer. It gets yeah, them in, exactly. you know, more than once a week if they know that they can get this yeah. special on this day and, and all that. I'm, I'm really excited to have an oven to start doing some of that, like, crispy skin pork belly that I've seen, like, Hoodoo Brown do it. <laughs> oh, yes. They can be phenomenal, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so not, not, not trying to copy on them, but uh, I'm looking forward to being able to do that as a special and uh, get creative. And so I, I, I like that we have that on the menu just so we know like we're always going to have to try to step up our game or introduce something new and just kind of see what we like to cook so what uh what hour wise what can we expect from danes what what hours are you going to serve we're going to do a thursday friday saturday sunday start at 11 and until sold out and then we'll probably have uh we're going to have a full bar there so then it'll be bar menu stuff in a full bar until probably have modest hours when we close you know maybe like nine on a weeknight and then 10 on a weekend. I mean, it's really refreshing like to see the number of people that are opening up, din- you know, at least dinner barbecue. Yeah, you and know, it doesn't maybe have to be a full night. service barbecue You don't menu. have to be open 24 yeah. hours, like yeah. some places in Dallas, but or one place in Dallas. But, but having nighttime barbecue options for craft barbecue is just is mm-hmm. great. And, I yeah. mean, we're starting to see it in Houston. Um, Austin has a few places as well. Um, so it's really nice because... You know, for for better or worse, we're selfish, and it gives people like us a chance to come eat your barbecue yeah. instead of trying to plan between a narrow window on a particular day of the week. So yeah, that's great. and I've I've thought about like trying to figure out some way we can do like two shifts, maybe on like a Friday, and just like always do like a dinner shift on a Friday or something, just so people can come out. And so not everybody has time to wait in a long line at their on their lunch break, you know. And so maybe that'll give people opportunity to be able to come out. And, try everything uh, we're trying to do something a little different with our sides so we kind of um, just trying to go scratch on our sides all, all you know all made from scratch and everything like that and just do a little different stuff so we're doing a street corn that we do flaming hot cheetos on and we're you know we've been playing with Flames some different flaming hot cheetos andrew <laughs> yeah and so we've been playing with diff- different things you know that just like gives a little creativity to it and it's it's a little more to like garnish some of these sides but it's you know we we like to do it and it it looks especially at a bar menu it makes it makes so much sense yeah you know you you should always cater to your crowd and and it's about making you know making a profit and selling meats and selling food 
So it, it's totally understandable, and it's it's actually a lot of fun too. I think you get to have a little bit of, a little bit of enjoyment with it. Yeah, the yeah, you get creative. Yeah, like this last pop up, we did like a Frito pie beans, and so it was just kind of you know we it was uh yeah so we just kind of did like kind of a good chili kind of flavored beans, and then we did some Fritos and chili you know and cheddar cheese and you know a little all right I got knob of sour this. cream <laughs> and you know and so it's just we want to do things like. Just take the extra step on on sides, and 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 I think we, people will appreciate it. And, and we want to get do stuff that's not conventional, you know, like a side Caesar salad, just a little one in a boat or something like that, or just <laughs> some kind of or or just kind of some kind of southern salad, or just. No, it's yeah, it's good to have that at, kind of it is, yeah. versatility on your menu. I mean, it, yeah. it does it. it brings a wider audience to your restaurant. Some people have wives that don't want to eat lots of barbecue. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. And that's some okay. Some people have husbands that don't want to eat lots of barbecue. <laughs> yes. I mean, we have I mean, we have some female listeners to the show that, that eat more barbecue. We have female listeners to the show. There's like two. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our wife. No, they're not. No, they don't listen. <laughs> they don't listen to us on or off the air. They don't want to hear anything. They're so tired of our shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame them. I'm tired of our shit. <laughs> Okay, the, the golden question that's always the hardest one to answer, but we always have to ask, what's your hopeful time frame for uh, opening this place up? I would say three months from now. So it, um, I'm hoping by the end of August we'll be, we'll be up and running and rolling. But I've said time and time again, it's going to be kind of when I feel comfortable and, and when we've got a crew together. I'm not going to open the doors if I feel like people don't know what their responsibilities are and they don't have the procedures down because uh, that's the main thing now is building the crew and building systems because I can only do so much you know when we were doing pop-ups it was kind of you know I was able to have my hands in almost everything but uh, transitioning and building a team is is, yeah. is very critical and very and, difficult to do sometimes and yeah. so Ashley my fiance has been one of my main supporters this whole time I mean she was the one that started pushing me to start selling and doing the underground barbecue thing um she's the one that you know it's like helping me create logos and get merch and scheduling us at breweries and making sides and you know sacrifice she sacrificed a lot for for my dream and what i wanted to do and i think she just loved to see that you know i was passionate about something and she was like i want you to do that you know like because i love the way you are when you're talking about that because you're passionate about it you know and because for a while I was like going through the monotony of just a job that was just a job you know it was just a job because I needed one it was not like a it wasn't anything I was passionate about it was just it was the best job that I could get at the time and I stuck with it and it was just kind of a daily grind of just not having anything that you're working towards and I was, we have no idea what you're talking about that's not our daily lives at all no. so i was kind of stuck in that grind and it just felt good to like you know I, I was like at least i can say like i'm working on something on the weekends and you know people would be like you know what do you do and like well i do this but what i really love is i do barbecue on the weekends it's great so, because it's your it's, and it's also your barbecue and as you said you know you're putting your spin on it and and yeah. your influence on it which is great and it goes all the way back um, to the family influence that you had as well and those those memories and and all of that past so it, it all kind of wraps up which is great mm-hmm. um, yeah and all my and all my family is from Fort Worth and they're they've been huge supporters at my pop-ups and so yeah and they they're just all barbecue lovers and so uh, it's just been really cool to like 
almost like reconnect with my family a little bit you know it's like a it's it's a good reason for them to come and say hi to me you know they get some good barbecue and you know and all, all my friends and it seems like ever since i started doing barbecue it's uh i get to see my friends and family a lot more which i love it's it's been great for us to watch from afar i mean we've been following your your progress along on instagram for a long time and I said, finally got a, a quick bite at, at your pop-up last weekend. We're definitely going to... Quick is quick is an understatement. Quick is an understatement, and we're, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely have to get back out. Of course, we have to... Uh, we're sitting here at the beautiful Brazos Park um, on it's the beautiful. eve of Pints in the Park. Uh, we can't thank Pints in the Park and Megan Davis enough for putting this together, a wonderful festival. We're thrilled that you're a part of it. We're going to get another chance to eat your barbecue tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, we can end this episode without thanking our uh, beer sponsor for the yeah, episode. Yeah, beer sponsor for the episode. Yeah, if anybody's ever listened before, or at least if they paid attention, which may not be possible, but um, you can be a beer sponsor of our episode, and you give us a 12-pack uh, or a case of beer, and we'll talk about you. Yeah. So and the beer. And the beer. So, yes, we got to thank our buddy Josh at Pops Post. Um, you should be following him along on Instagram at Pops Post. That's P-O-P-S-P-O-S-T. Can't believe I spelled that right on the first try. Yeah. Um, he, he gave us an assortment of Dallas beers and Dallas-Fort Worth beers last time we were in Dallas. Um, everything from Legal Draft Beer Company to... I can't read that, Brian. Okay. Um, to well, three, three Nations Brewing Company. Three Nations, yeah. Oak Highlands Brewery. Um, Thank you, Josh. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you my ahead. favorite of, of the day, just so you know. It's the Golden Mustache, which is a Dortmunder style lager. All um, right. Well, yeah. There you go. Appreciate Josh for the beer. Um, go out and Thanks, check. Josh. Yes. And, and, of course, Dane's Craft Barbecue. What's your Instagram, sir? It's Dane TXBBQ. It's D-A-Y-N-E-T-X-B-B-Q. Um, and not Dwayne. Not Dwayne. It's Dane. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's, Dwayne the Rock Barbecue. It's it's Dane. So uh, yeah, uh, let's get that right. I know there's, there's that. <laughs> we're doing we're doing Facebook. I if they want to catch you for a pop up, what's what's the best way to get your pop up schedule? Probably Instagram or Facebook. Uh, our our website. We've got all that information on the website. I don't do a lot on Twitter. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't really understand it or like it, so I kind of <laughs> stay away from it. Um, it's a cesspool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I kind of missed the boat on it, and I was just like, ah, I don't know. So every once in a while, I'll throw something on Twitter, but if if you've messaged me on Twitter and I haven't responded, it's because I don't check it. <laughs> so. There you go. So Instagram, Facebook are the best places to find out uh, when, when you can catch Danes at the next uh, available pop-up, and then, again, the brick and mortars in the works. What is the future address of Dane's Barbecue? It's going to be at 2000 West Berry in Fort Worth, and that's 76110, right near TCU. So we're going to be a stone's throw away from TCU. Um, got a big patio area. We got a, an, enough seating for probably 100, 150 people. Which uh, is about how many were there when we were there last yeah, weekend. Yeah, the I mean, line, was, line was wrapped around the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so it's, it's a beautiful property. There's lots of green grass, and you can bring your kids and have a good time, let them run around in the fields, and uh, feel very fortunate to have the opportunity uh, to, to open the restaurant and just be a part of this Pints in the Park. I mean, I, you know, it's still kind of, you know, feels like a dream a little bit because i i dreamed about this kind of stuff for so long and and we're here you know and it's just so i'm i'm very grateful and you know i, I definitely just want to try to do my best to keep learning and keep keep cooking good barbecue so well, congratulations on all the success so far and we look forward to what we think is going to be a really bright future for you 
Yeah, congratulations. Well earned, and uh, it was great coming out and seeing you, and we hope to see you again once you open up as well. Awesome. Thank you guys for your time.